Give me your hot take on Spider-Man. Um, my hot take, I'm so glad that... <laughs> He's a menace, I know. Yeah, great. I'm so glad that Marvel and Sony worked their differences out or what have you and <laughs> were able to work together once again because um, it just makes sense, honestly. I was thinking that they were never going to... Uh, make amends and i thought this was gonna be it rewind so i am it. so glad i was wrong rewind our shows back to when this happened a month or so ago and yeah did you say that they were never gonna get back together because i definitely said tiktok that they're gonna get back together i don't know if i ever said it i guess i was just thinking it um oh. but well this is an audio medium i know i know i need to share <laughs> my thoughts in order for them to get out there for um, now, <laughs> I'm working on something. I can't say much. Oh boy, um, that's kind of terrifying. Uh, yeah, so I'm actually really excited for him to be back in the MCU and the Marvel Universe. Although I did see a title of an article. I don't know how. I think it was some unreliable source though, saying that Feige was gonna write spider-man out of the mcu or something like well, that i'm sure that they have like break glass in case of sony going rogue plans for this whole thing right but it was it was never it was never it was never not gonna be this yeah they all love money yeah I know. and part of it was money because sony's like we want money and then they looked at what are we working on madam webb uh <laughs> hey kevin Let's go right. lunch, Spago, you, me. Well, Let's talk this through. Because they're just going to make more money this way. And, and the yeah. best part is, is because look at Amazing Spider-Man 3. You can't. It doesn't exist. Right. Even though Spider-Man 2 made money, nobody wanted a third one. They just, please don't do this. They were just like, like they we're They were able to realize. But then whoever's idea that was, maybe Amy Pascal, must have left or got fired because now they're like, Morbius, Madam Web. Um, let's get a Flash Thompson movie. Like nobody, nobody wants that. Nobody cares. Right. I and know. so in the long run, we're going to be better off because we're going to get, cause I don't care about the financials. They're all huge corporations. Yeah, yeah. that just want my money. I just want a good movie. Yes. And Sony's going to get that. And because it's good, they're going to be able to make more. And in the long run, it's going to help them. What really blows me away though, is everybody accuses Disney of being greedy. And it's like, look, like we said, they're all greedy corporations. Disney offered that 50-50 deal and right. Sony's like no and then Disney's like oh I'm just kidding we'll take the 5% and, so it's like, and the merchandise yeah why did you do do it in the first place they just were trying to get more money habitual yeah. line stepper yeah I'm, <laughs> they're just yes. like what can we get away with yeah you the, think they would right. come back and go 10% well yeah right <laughs> yeah they didn't renegotiate a little they bit they just seem psychotic yeah no you're absolutely <laughs> like, right like we'll just blow it up we don't care right right well, and from what I've heard, um, this new deal that they've come uh, that they've done is for the third Spider-Man film, and for Spider-Man to appear in a couple of MCU films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, it's not. They're not going indefinitely. I mean, the first one was never really indefinite, but this is definitely at least you know we'll finish the trilogy, right? And then probably look at it again. Fifty percent. Go screw yourself. Right. <laughs> Right. 6%. <laughs> They're not even asking for more. I know. Least, that's that's what I that's what my sources tell me. Yes. Um do you think that they would want to do another film with Tom Holland after the third one? Or well, do I you think, think that there I don't done? know what his contract is like and we know that uh there's a new director on the um shooty uh, Uncharted movie now. Oh, Travis right, Knight, right. the Kubo Two Strings guy is yeah. going to um, step in as the director. So I think a lot of this, or at least part of this, has to do with their commitment to Tom Holland. Mm. And I don't think that it's love or anything. I just think that right. they know, because they'll just, if it became expedient, if the if Kevin Feige's deal was drop Tom Holland and you all is forgiven, that guy's gone. Well, He'll yeah. be back on stage doing Billy Elliot. Right, so. right. But I think that they know that he's good. People like him. They've got him signed to this Uncharted movie that they really want to make for some reason. I, I know. And so I'm sure he's got like a multi-picture deal. And yeah, I mean, you know, I think that he'll be around for a while. I think they're trying to squeeze him into other stuff too. Like expect sure. a Flash Suicide Squad cameo in um, Venom or something like that. You right, know, right, like right. He'll be in class or something and, you know, his hair, arms on his, arms on his hair. 
It's like a weird, it's like a guy Medusa has uh, arms on his hair instead of snakes. Yeah. The hairs on his arm will stand up and yeah. he'll be like, what? And then outside, you know, um, Tom Hardy will be eating a lobster shell or something. Well, I mean, I've already saw like before that there was like uh, buzz around him and Venom being doing something together. So yeah, um, that's just inevitable. I can't I wait for that Madam Web movie, though. It's going to be great. Oh, gosh. Forget all that. We got to get going. We don't have a lot of time today. We are the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mikan Hana. We're here to bring you all the news that's fit in the world of nerdy entertainment, but not. We're going to do a little news today, but we do have some other stuff that we want to talk about. Uh, we are going to give you a mini review of mm-hmm. Mission Impossible 6 Fallout. Yes. Isn't that like nine months old? It is. But... <laughs> Correct a mundo. But we have a special perspective that we want to give on it with the uh, news that there are two more films in the pipe coming up. Yep. And, uh, you know, I just want to reach out to all my match heads out there. That's Mission Impossible fans are called match heads. Uh, uh, yeah. And, wow. uh, you know, just just pick their brains, see what they think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're doing that. And also, we'll be moving on to a comic book club slash TV Funhouse? Yes. Is that the name of our TV segment? Um, I like it. Uh, there's a property called Stumptown. It's created yes. by Greg Rucka. It originally began as an Ani Press miniseries comic mm-hmm. book, and it has now been adapted into a television show on yes. the ABC network. I know. Uh, yeah, starring Kobe Smulders, mm-hmm. who is Canadian. We need to know this. We do. By need the to end know. of the show, we're going to know if she's Canadian okay. or not. But in the meantime, we'll let it be a mystery. We're talking about the comic book, the first four issues, that first miniseries, and a review of the show as well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm excited to be talking about Stumptown. Um, we actually read the comic like a long time ago. We, we didn't do it for the show. I don't though. think we we did it for the show. I think we just did it for fun. Well, um, remember that. And yeah, I know, right? Um, and just going back and reading it and just reading it, you know, somebody like within the context, I like had to go back and check when it came out. Like it didn't come out until like 2009, like the first couple of issues. Yeah, it's not So it's fairly recent. Yeah. And I think that this show has kind of been kicking around for a while as well. And we'll talk about some of the things about it with, I can't even get to the end of this sentence. Oh man. She is Canadian. Okay. I should have known. Because I read an article, she was talking about some of her health issues. Like she had like ovarian cancer or at least oh, like, wow. like really bad ovarian cysts and um, had a procedure, which she probably didn't have to pay for because Canadian. Cause She's alive because yeah. Canada. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess, is Taryn Killam Canadian too? Her oh, gross, dumb husband. Oh, okay. Not a fan. <laughs> Not for the usual reasons, uh, not for the um, jealous reasons. Uh, I just hate him. But, oh, okay. Uh, All right. uh, yeah, anyway, uh, so yeah, she is Canadian. Her name is also Jacoba Francisca Maria Smulders. What? Is it every name you get, you put another zero on your your parents' uh your parents' bank account? I, I guess. Um, I, yeah, I uh, I think going down to Kobe is, uh, is a smart move. <laughs> yeah. I, you know? It's, it's much more bankable and like uh, people will remember it. So, bankable. yeah. It's, just, it's bankable? Yeah, I think so. All right. Um, to be Kobe? Yeah, Kobe. People call Kobe for short? Yeah, exactly. Like they call her character Dex for short. Yes, exactly. Instead of Dexedrine? It's, yeah, it's a, an unusual <laughs> name. I don't think that it's Dexedrine on the show, is it? I don't we think they We can talk about it. that when we get to that segment. But first, the news. <laughs> Happy late Batman Day. Happy late Batman Day. It was about this time last week. I've got some Batman news. Jonah Hill is apparently being eyed for a role in The Batman. I heard about this and people are speculating if he's going to be a bad guy. And I I saw... How many good guys in Batman's life? Not a whole lot. Actually, Mr. Wang. Like, actually, there are quite a few in the Nolan films. Well, but, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you got to have... Um, uh, why am I... 14 years old. <laughs> no. Yeah, um, why am I blanking on the butler's name? This is His terrible. Is, uh, Jarvis. Jarvis? Yeah. Really? <laughs> no. I'm trying to sell that. Okay. <laughs> no, that's not right. It was uh, Will... What's the name of the butler on uh, Fresh Prince? Joffrey. Oh, Joffrey. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. Play with me here. Come on. Okay. 
Have fun. Yeah. Anyway, it's Rosie. So go ahead. Oh, stop it. It is not. Anyways, um, I, I'm struggling. But uh, Okay, we'll just drop that then. Uh, also, Jeffrey Wright is uh, in room. Well, he's rumored uh, he will be playing the uh, Commissioner Gordon if he gets the job. He's in talks. Okay. The longest way you could possibly find to say what I just said. <laughs> Um, I, I think he could be a good commissioner. Um, I could see him doing well in that. Um, Let me tell you something. <laughs> Bruce Wayne. <laughs> it's sort of like, it's not, it's not quite uh, Morgan Freeman, but he's got like a line on that. You know, I yeah. feel like he's like, if Morgan ever wants to go run his jazz club full time, like he'll step in and be like, no. these penguins, <laughs> they have to go a long way. Right, isn't it like that? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure. Um, I do you so <laughs> do you think that Jonah Hill will be like? If he's I, the penguin, I'm gonna kill myself. I'll just okay. send that to to Matt Reeves. All right, if he wants me to live. All right, he can't be the penguin. Okay, isn't that? Aren't we past that? Uh, I don't know if we are. How do you? Oh boy, how do you um, penguin? Uh, how do you reel the penguin? Do you know what I mean? How do you reel the penguin? Like yeah. make him not a cartoon? Yeah, yeah. I think it's incredibly hard to not make that character a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah in, right. <laughs> um, I mean, there are other characters within Batman's panth- like, pantheon, like pantheon of bad okay, guys. Finish the word. Yeah. Um, that I I think are not as ridiculous. You know, um, the Riddler I think also is very cartoony, but I think you could play him pretty real world if you wanted to. You That's, know, yeah. like he doesn't need to be in a a green suit with question marks all over it. Like he could be in like in a suit with like with a, a green lapel pin. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Or like a, a cane or a staff that has a question mark. New tack. Joker is a bad joker. <laughs> Hot on the heels uh, of the news yeah. that the U.S. Army has been sending out alerts that uh, local police departments should watch out for Todd Phillips Joker movie related violence. Next weekend, review next weekend of Todd Phillips's Joker. <laughs> um, that isn't even, there is nothing in the Joker's backstory that is really the incel model. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Even if you go by the killing joke, the guy's, well, he was a failed comedian, so he's frustrated there, right? And he's yeah. poor. But his wife, unless she's making fun of him, specifically says like, you lay pipe, you know, <laughs> real well. I love it. And uh, and we're going to have a kid and everything. And then she, I don't know, dies freak accident because he's supposed to be a guy who was shit on randomly by life like we all can be. He is birthed from. Remember, this is all going off of the killing joke origin. Right. He is birthed from from random tragedy. Batman is birthed from tragedy caused by the evils of society. Yes. So Batman wars against those evils. Joker wars against everything. If you buy that version of his psychology, it isn't like there's this pretty girl. I like to tell jokes, but I, I got a problem and I got to wash my mom who's 10 years older I know, than me. It's weird. <laughs> right. And then it becomes bad uh, and it's real exciting, except then, you know, in the last 10 minutes, we're like, oh, that's too far. Yeah. Right. Like you never really like sympathize with Heath Ledger. He's just a maniac. He, he's a psychopath. And yeah. he, it, there's a suggestion. It's really you have to kind of form it on your own that he is or was a um, combat veteran, like wounded in Afghanistan or, yeah. or one of, you know, our many wars. And so right. the thin sort of justification for his violence is he is just trying to destroy American society because he doesn't. He's a nihilist. Right. He believes in nothing. Yeah, exactly. Not not an incel. But the whole, but. yeah, I mean, like you, you haven't even done well to the Joker character. And I know it's like your own twist and it doesn't, it's not part of the DCU or whatever, but it doesn't, right. it, first of all, it's not appealing to me. And second of all, it doesn't even fit the character. It's like, it's like Batman, it's like Ben Affleck, Batman, just like murdering people left and right. Like, even if you right. like action, you watch it and you go, he didn't. Usually do this, don't he? Is this this thing? Right, right. I didn't think he killed people. Like I, yeah. I beat them I within Michael an Keaton, inch of their life. Michael Keaton kills people. Does he? <laughs> yes. Oh gosh, it's been a while since I've he seen. He blows that. up the entire Ace Chemical Factory, and he's not even in the Batmobile when he does it. Michael Keaton, 1989, Obama drone strike program. 
Wow. <laughs> Early adopter. Okay. What else can we All talk right. about that is not like this? Uh, please, anything else. I want to talk about the fact that uh, the three big stars of the original Jurassic Park, Laura Dern, Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, all returning for Jurassic World 3. Yeah. Spice Jurassic World. Spice Jurassic World? Um, it's a little spicy. Not excited about this. Um, <laughs> uh Glad to see Which that Which one dies first and working. how many of them die? Um, I think maybe Sam Neill dies first because yeah. he's uh, trying to prove that, you know, he knows how to wrangle these dinosaurs or something like that. It's weird that because they had Goldblum a little bit in the last one. Like, do you... I say you don't kill Goldblum, right? Well, but maybe you can't afford Goldblum. I could also see No that. offense to Dern and Neil, who are great actors who have experiencing great careers. Right. But... One of these three people is taller and also gets a bigger paycheck. Well, he's become sort of his own phenomenon yes, in, yes, in culture well, and phenomenon. pop culture. Yeah, yeah, I know. So uh, I, I guess it would be smart if they want to do more of these to keep him around. But uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll I would have said that about them. Alec Baldwin. Save it. Save it. <laughs> what can we talk about? Uh, we've talked in the past about the upcoming Apple Plus TV guy thing. Uh, yes. And all have. the great ideas for shows that they've got. My new thing is, I think maybe it's some kind of punishment. <laughs> for us or for them? Do you ever watch Stair- not Stairway to Heaven? Highway to Heaven. <laughs> you ever watch Stairway to Heaven? Uh, no. Does anyone remember Laughter? Uh, <laughs> you, yeah, Michael Landon, right? He's the guy from Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. Pa, and he plays an angel and he's accompanied by that guy with the beard who's in everything in the 80s and I can't remember his name. And he's an angel on earth and it's Quantum Leap, sure. but he's an angel, right? Sure. Uh, <laughs> where am I going with this? I, I, the, God sent him to to fix things. This is a little different. I think that God sent an avenging angel or maybe a devil to create Apple Plus TV. And then showrunners who know what they did are cursed to do a show for Apple Plus And they're given the worst idea. The first idea that you go, well, what else you got uh, when they're pitching things and you have to make a show out of it. Right. So we've got Richard Gere is a mass shooter. We've got... Which is no longer a thing, thank not, No longer a thing, thank God. Uh, we've got uh, Confederacy. I know that was HBO. Uh, we've got... Uh, what's the other one? C. 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 <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, which is like... I don't know how political it's going to be, but one of the seeing people is reading 1984. Oh, commentary. And Jason Momoa turns around and smolders. <laughs> You've got uh, Dickinson, which is like... Oh, gosh. Twerking. Yeah. What, what if Emily Dickinson was twerking? I That just... Out of all of them that have been announced so far, that one really just puts a horrible taste in my mouth. Like, I just think that she was, like, so, like, quiet and put together. But you don't and- know. She... She was the, the fly didn't buzz. She was buzzing. Woo! I just it just sounds like trash to me. Like well, hot, blame hot Sophia Coppola for Marie Antoinette. Uh, and now we've got for all mankind, Ronald D. Moore. Yes, paying off whatever sins <laughs> exist. Uh, Outlander fans could tell you more. Maybe uh-uh. uh, is doing this show that takes place in an alternate universe where the U.S. lost the space race to the Russians. Now I'd argue that. You know, in a lot of ways, we did lose the space race. The only reason we won is because we went to the moon first. Right. Or period. Yeah. Uh, and so we've lost. And I maybe, I guess I don't know the entire shot of it, but maybe the Russians have already got to the moon. So we're going to put a woman on the moon. Yes. So, I again, I don't know the whole show, but to me, it seems like a lady version of Confederacy mm-hmm. where it's like, now the ladies are in charge. We got to get these ladies on the moon. And it's ladies, right? Ratings. 1984. I guess. Uh, What what pointed criticism? I don't know a lot about it. It's not out yet. (laughs) But at the same time, it just seems like, why would you do this? Well, it's like a challenge. It's like they were dared to do something. Bring back Battlestar Galactica. No problem. Turn this series of time traveling Scottish books. That's as long as your arm into a show that makes ladies cream done. Yeah. For all mankind? Oh, I, man. This is your mission, should you choose to accept it. We're not there yet. 
Well, and I, I think you pointing out that it is an alternate reality just kind of, ugh, wait, why? <laughs> why are we doing this? So, Everything should be this reality. Well. Lord of the Rings, this reality. Okay. Down Broadway, orcs, come a-walking, oh trying to catch cabs. Almost, Frodo goes to Jared. I almost feel like that would ring. goes to Jared with a ring. Um, wow. I I know I'd almost be interested in seeing that. Almost. Actually, technically, uh, that is our world. It's just a sort of prehistory version of our world. I guess. Isn't there 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 is? I think it's a Disney or maybe a Pixar film coming out where like mythical creatures are just like everyday. Tom creatures. Holland, Chris Pratt. Yes. Yeah, and it's called remember. something dumb. It's Disenchanted like Disenchanted or something like that. Or, or no, that's fairy the... tale or something. Like, it's called. It's like it's a first first go. Yeah, you're like, all right, we got it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Bodes well for yes, that. Yes. Exactly. Film. Uh, I'm off. Chris Pratt. You. Um. I. I you still know. like him. You still I, like him. I. I. It's hard for me to not like him, but like. He's he's so intense and intensely in the in moving in a more conservative direction. So I'm like, where you go, I cannot follow, sir. You don't. So, oh, you don't like the crazy religious stuff. No. Let's talk about Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible Six. Oh my god. So the Mission Impossible family of films, yes, were never intended really to be. They have a weird history, as all match heads will know. <laughs> Uh, it started off as just before movie studios realized that comic books would be the the last movies. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, you uh, thought of a joke that I, I don't want to say now. Uh, okay. Uh, I, it was uh, you, you had uh, Brian De Palma, right? Uh, mystery thriller guy. He's going to do Mission Impossible. Seems like a nice fit. Movie does okay because it's got Tom Cruise in it. Mm -hmm. Second movie. Does okay. People laugh at it. It made money, right? Uh, and also, John Woo was the, the hottest thing in the world before yes. Hollywood crushed his soul and his spirit. Uh, and then we took a little break. And then J.J. Abrams is the guy who's just like, just rummaging around in a junk drawer, or he's the guy that they go to. Like, I know this franchise has some juice left in it. Call J.J. He's right. got the, the toughest squeezer in Hollywood. We're gonna get all the juice out of this. <laughs> so he also, uh, once he does something, it becomes his, and Bad Robot yes, takes over, and true. now it's his thing. So he has revived it as a series of films. Here we are. Yeah. And before it was sort of anthology esque. A new director is gonna do it every time. Now it's just Christopher McQuarrie. <laughs> it's just him. Right. You give Brad Bird one, and then now it's just Christopher McQuarrie because Tom Cruise has taken over. Yes. Was it that Tom Cruise? Had, who was Paula M Marshall? That was his uh, no co. That was his co-producer, right? They oh, produced okay. all the films. They had a weird breakup. I think it was over Scientology. And okay. Now and before it, see, he seemed. Um, he never did like sequels. You know what I mean? He seemed uh, content to do just do a marquee picks. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. Um, then he started working with Spielberg, J.J. Abrams, and now I feel like instead of like going out and finding my own movies, I'll just like. Take over this. I'm doing this now. Right. Now he's a he's a franchise films. guy. Yeah. yeah. What'd you think of Mission Impossible Six? Except for having to have the plot of Mission Impossible Five recounted to you. Yeah, even I know. Even though we had seen I, it not I, too long ago. I didn't rem remember that much about Mission Impossible Five or the previous films, which is not great. Um, but uh, I um I thought it was entertaining. Um, I don't <laughs> think it was the best out of the films. That's a phrase. Um, but uh, I did think it was interesting, although, and and we we did we talked about this a little bit while we were watching it. It's not the easiest to follow, and I think that has to come down to the writing. How is like, that possible? How can that be true? They stop every five minutes and spend five minutes explaining everything that's going on. I know, but you still are like, wait, where are they? What are they doing? Who are these guys that that? Tom Cruise is killing and why is he killing them and you know like you blink and you miss it um so I just I don't know I disagree you, you do okay well that's fine um we can disagree we can agree to disagree you can be wrong <laughs> I uh it's just a collection Macquarie who I used to think was a good writer has said I read an interview where he said that they just basically designed it around set pieces like 
a Bond movie, right? right? That's yeah. what you do with a Bond movie. So they're like, we want to do something in Paris. So what can we do? Um, we'll do that like highway that, you know, the, the um, double layered highway that runs yes. along the Seine. We'll just do the van chase from Dark Knight. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, he always drives a motorcycle in every movie. So we'll have him drive through the arrondissements, you know, and get chased by uh, the gendarmes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, have we done helicopters? Well, we did in the first one. Okay, let's do a helicopter jousting. Yeah, exactly. And my thing is like, it's kind of um, references. Like as I was watching it, I noticed like a lot. I think the helicopter thing is kind of a reference to the first film. There's also uh, Vanessa Kirby's character who's introduced for some reason. (laughs) She doesn't have a lot of effect on the plot. And it's just she's going to be we're just introducing her um, to be around for a while. Kind of like her role in the. Um, Hobbs and Shaw franchise or whatever, but sure. but her character is introduced as the daughter of Max. Max was Vanessa Redgrave's character from the first film, which all match heads will remember. <laughs> yeah. But uh, as for the other parts, it, all the story is just fill in. They brought the guy from the last film back, the main bad guy, yes, because he was a good bad guy. But he doesn't do much in this, and no. he doesn't. Spoiler: He lives through it. So yes. I feel like they're just stocking the store. For what? I don't know. You know what I, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've been totally content for the last three films to be essentially a, the same plot, which is bad spies are trying to create an organization that allows them to be better bad spies. Yes. And Ethan Hunt's trying to stop them. And this time they don't can't even be bothered to kill the bad guys. You know what I mean? I know. Um, yeah. yeah, and he, he gets a... Well, I mean, they have well, him in custody at the end, right. but... Yeah. But he, he is still very much alive. So yeah. that makes me think he's going to show up in number seven. Well, they're keeping, they're hip pocketing him, but why? They I had the know. courage to finally get rid of Michelle Monaghan from the films who they kept around for some reason. Yeah. And I remember being kind of excited about that because the thing is, James Bond, which they want to be James Bond, has some lady, new lady every film. And we had like Ethan Hunt's a family man. That's nice. Yeah. And they kind of had her, she had a cameo in a, in, I think four. I don't think it was five. Either four or five. Right, right. Um, and then they just kind of write her out in this. Yes, because she. Uh, her, yeah, 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 her, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, but so basically, so he can bone Rebecca Ferguson, right? Who or was so great in the fifth one, and has so little to do in this one. Yeah, I know. So now we've got Vanessa Kirby. We've got her. They're introducing Haley Atwell. Who? Yes. Watch out, Haley. So it's just. This 60-year-old is on the make. Yeah, wow. Which of these spy ladies want this D? That's never what I wanted from Gross. Mission Impossible. That's You're describing James Bond. Yeah. Why are we right. doing it? I, I don't know. Um, I love the fact that Henry Cavill is just so obviously the bad guy that when the movie yes. reveals it, it doesn't even try to make you... It doesn't even... It knows you're not even surprised. It doesn't even bother to make a big deal out of it. It's like, I know. you know what's going on. Well, I mean, I think they did such a... And he's terrible. They did such a shoddy job at like trying to um, uh, just like introduce like his character and everything because he goes to Angela Bassett right away and is like, oh, Hunt is a bad guy. And it's like, why is she in this? I I don't know why she's in this either. I can't tell you objectively why this how this is different than five. Uh, I just hate it. And I liked five. Oh, I can. Five has. Uh, more for Rebecca Ferguson to do. It's yes. got the, what is it, like a water processing plant or whatever? The underwater scene is is completely unbelievable, but really great. And they are Mission Impossible in that one. That means they trick people. They yes. fool people. Yes, they're going to shoot somebody in the face. Yes, right. they're going to drive a semi-truck off of a ramp or something. But they're also, they, they trick people. Yes. This is literally just... I'm going to ram this helicopter into your helicopter and we're just going to roll the dice and see what happens. Yeah, I and know. And that reminded me of Mission Impossible 2 with the motorcycle jousting. Right, right. Even exactly. John Woo wasn't like, let's run two helicopters together. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Henry Cavill is just ineffective. Uh, so um, I don't understand. When it was announced that he might not be returning to Superman... The, somebody out there, the, the Snyder Cut people must have been upset, but I didn't hear anybody like, no, oh, no. Uh, right. And 
maybe it's because at the same time they were announcing that he was going to be um, Geralt in the Witcher show, but I haven't seen anybody be like, oh man, yeah, this is going to be great. It's like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's going to be good. He's got muscles. Sure. Right. The uh, first, remember the first uh, like costume uh, image or video that they put out and it looked like he was in like a Halloween costume. Yeah. <laughs> like I know his hair is white, but it just looked terrible. Yeah. Well, can't wait for that. So anyway, uh, check it out. Mission Impossible 6. Um, this is where you play the theme, right? Yes. We did a review. So technically it's now we're not going to do that. But uh, <laughs> uh, actually what we are going to put here is an ad for our network shows. Uh, actually, this ad will be for us. <laughs> it's going to seem kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, advertising we, for us there aren't many of us it's just going to be uh, an ad for this show but in the future we'll have sh- uh, ads for other shows on the network so enjoy how would you describe just enough trope we are the just enough trope podcast i'm your host caliban joined as always by my co-host hi i'm mikan hana oh no does this mean they can hear all the things i yell at the tv during downton abbey why did you do that <laughs> how do you plead let the game begin yeah check these fresh moves don't shoot man in face. This isn't the Save Gotham fundraiser. It's the Chill Family Reunion. Master Yoda assigned a Padawan to this bold Jedi. I think it's pronounced Padawan. Oh, Padawan, excuse me. Hey, it's getting late. I think Ralph's going to want his motorcycle back. Uh, come check out the pictures of Dean Gray. I am freaking getting old. <laughs> yeah, I noticed the life clock was blinking in your hand. Get out of here, Wilson. Go fight the Teen Titans or something. I'm unkillable, not unwoundable. You like Sailor Moon, right? Why don't you sail on this Wow. Just Enough Trope. News, reviews, and geek fondue every Monday on the Just Enough Trope Podcast Network. Loving me never have a say. You so be sorry. What? Keep Portland weird. Yes. And full of TV crews. <laughs> We're talking about ABC's Stumptown series. Yes. But first, the comic that inspired it. Yes. The comic by Greg Rucka. Mm-hmm. The art is by Matt Southworth. Yes. Who does a lot of these, nothing's really, I mean, is there anything indie anymore? But like, uh, Audi Press, Image Press, sure. you know, he does these like, quote unquote, indie comics. Sure. Uh, like these crime comics. Uh, I like his style. I do too. It's kind of um, more realistic. Yeah. Um, but I think that suits the story pretty well because it's very much grounded in our world. Very so. much. Very yeah. much grounded. Very much. And the colorist on uh, this volume is Lee Lofridge, uh, who does a good job as well, I think. Yes. What happens in the old stump town? Um, well, Dex is um uh she owes a lot of money at the casino. And uh the lady who runs the casino basically hires her for a a job. She she kind of works as a PI. I don't think I don't know if that's like her actual job job, but she offers her a job to find her granddaughter who has been missing for several days and they're really concerned about her. She doesn't want police involved because she doesn't really trust them. Um, and she says, if you do this, I will wipe your debt clean. So I'm not really giving you a choice here, you know um, so. Uh, then Dex starts investigating, and uh, the story, the plot thickens, and uh, we meet new characters, and she investigates the story and um, gets to the bottom of it. Does she? Yes. Does she? She does. Spoilers, <laughs> she does. This uh, is a comic book that is, uh, at the back of every issue, they show you um, the source material uh, yes. What I mean by that is, uh, have we ever talked to Matt Southworth? I don't think we have. It feels like we have. But anyway, he is from Seattle. We've definitely Se- walked. Seattle or? He's from Seattle. Oh, okay. I know what I said. Okay. All right. Uh, and we've definitely uh, walked by his table at uh, Emerald City. But uh, yeah, so he took pictures of Portland and it's all sourced and you see um, landmarks. Um, there's, I can't remember the name of the bridge, but there's that famous bridge that yeah, we went to. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And we too. saw uh, when we were in Portland. Yes. Um, I think I read this right after that. I was like, oh, it's that bridge. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you got things like that and you've got, um, I don't know, Powell's books or, you know, whatever. Right, right. Yeah. Old Town or whatever. Yes. So yeah, that is um, the part of the character of this. Um, not yes. in this volume, but in the second volume, they go to like um, a Sounders game, you know, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So that very much like late uh, 2000s, early uh, teens culture of Portland. Yeah. Which uh, we experienced. We can yeah. verify, except for the long lines for the donut shop. Because at the end of the comic, <laughs> she goes and talks to the cop and the cop's outside the donut shop and there aren't 
100 hipsters out there, right? so it's not quite accurate. The, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, this character is interesting. Um, she is a uh, former um, service woman, mm-hmm. uh, and she is kind of the... It's very noirish. She's the typical... Yes. Kind of effed up, gumshoe, uh, gumshoe mm-hmm. PI, uh, former service woman, bisexual. Yes. Uh, she has a brother that she takes care of with Down syndrome. Yes. And other than those things, uh, it's kind of what you'd expect. <laughs> She's, you know, is she crabby? Yes, she is. Yep. Does she make bad decisions? Yes, yes she, she does. does. Did Jessica Jones come out first? Yes, she did. <laughs> However, there is... A uh, there's an escape clause here. Okay. There's a sanity clause, and that is Greg Rucka has been creating female protagonists. I think when Brian Bendis was still uh, screenwriting or whatever he was oh, doing. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has Greg Rucka. I call it the um, the Greg Rucka thing. Okay. He has almost exclusively female protagonists yes. in his creator-owned work, and he has often written female uh, characters for the big two okay yeah yeah yeah. here it comes uh he's got whiteout queen and country stump town he's written for batwoman and wonder woman and supergirl also checkmate for dc the question black widow electra for marvel lazarus is a creator own thing as is felon black magic the old guard veil all brunette female protagonists yes wisecracking have a gun or a badge Mm mm-hmm Tell me what to think about that. <laughs> I think it's his thing, you know. Um, I think he he likes writing uh, strong female characters. So when you get past two dozen, should you do a different thing? I don't know. Maybe. But if it's working for you, I say keep on doing it. When I talked to a giant feminist on the train back to the airport in Portland, yes. oh, sorry, this was in Seattle, yeah. and I was like, yeah, I really like Greg Rucka and his female protagonist, and she was like, it's great, it's great. <laughs> I felt like she wasn't excited about that. Yeah, maybe she's and not. she was supposed to be. Uh, she was supposed to be impressed, bitch, <laughs> that I liked this comic book. But I um, think like at some point it becomes weird, doesn't it? You think? You think it's a shtick or something like that? Oh, it's a shtick, except shtick is funny. I think it's a pathology. Oh, okay. All right. It's, can he do anything else? I bet he can, but I guess we haven't seen much I else. I know he so also writes novels. He writes uh, detective novels starring a male protagonist. I'm shocked. Literally, I'm shocked. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying I really appreciate and enjoy a lot of his stuff. But yes. every time I pick up another comic of his and a brunette lady in a leather jacket picks yeah. up a gun yeah i'm like okay all right here we go yeah all right i think because um, we'll you'll tell me how you feel eventually i'm on a roll i think this is fine i think that the city of portland is the main character more than anything else i mean yeah i, would I don't that. think that dex is it's fun I, there's a reason Noir has survived this long because people like this kind of protagonist and I do too. Right. You know, we like fallible, um, but yet really smart protagonists and that's why I like her. But she is hardly distinguishable from many other Noir protagonists. And the fact that she uh, is working for the the collective tribes or or whatever they're called, you know, for the... um, the, the Native American casino. Yeah. Um, she's uh, also dealing with, I guess, MS-13 is a problem that high up on the West Coast. But right. MS-13 is a gang um, generally connected to um, drugs and cartels. I think they started in L.A. But people, when you say MS-13, when Trump says MS-13, he's talking about Mexicans, right? Right. That's a big part of the novel. Yes. And so it's got a little bit of... Um, quirk and character to it. I think that comes from the setting, but otherwise you could just set it in New York. You could set it in uh, Arizona and do a little homework and yeah. then swap uh, first people tribes for a different casino or a different, you know, you set it in Vegas. It's Vinnie Barbarino, the Vegas Don. Right. And that means that the gang is going to be this. And I don't, I'm not sure what makes it, what sets it apart from anything else. Yeah, and actually, just when you were talking about it, reminds me of another one of his 
comics and you just mentioned it and now I can't remember what it's called but it's like this one girl and she's doing investigating and it's like a bunch of different families um, and they're like working on stuff. Are you talking and, about Lazarus? Because I think I'm talking about Lazarus. Lazarus is an example yeah. of something that is completely original in my opinion. Okay. Because it's in right. a dystopic future. Well, that's true. <laughs> and she is a, a cybernetic super soldier and yeah, there is actually yeah, trenchant okay. political commentary because it have, deals with refugees and a lack of resources. That's true. And the 1% or at least the 0.1% versus the rest of the country. Well, that's true. Never this mind. is just like, hey, it's cool. She's a bisexual because that's opportunistic for the narrative and the character interactions. Yeah, I know. Um, and this is, we're just doing the first volume. Okay. Right? Great. Yes. I'm, I mean, I think I've read, it's not good if I can't remember that I've read the next two. I, and it might really develop her as a character, but. She's not really fully dimensional. That's what you're saying. Well, I'm not saying nothing sets her apart in my mind. Yeah. Now, if I've poisoned the well, Mm -hmm. are you going to drink it? Or are you going to take a big gulp of antitoxin and jump in the well? Um, uh, I enjoyed this. Are you scared to shit on an Eisner and Harvey Award winning writer? I I enjoyed this. I I I liked this. Um I would read more of this. Um uh so I think it's good. Um I guess what? <laughs> We've got another Mika quote. What? I think it's good. <laughs> Great. Um but I mean, I guess I see what you're saying that it's not super original. It she does remind me a lot of Jessica Jones. Um I mean, she's she doesn't have super strength. But other than that, it's very similar. Um, she has super durability. She gets the crap kicked out of her. She does. Um, she gets like broken ribs or bruised ribs at the very least. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, I think there's I think there's a little bit more action in the comic than in this. Well, maybe it's just like different action than in the first episode. Of the show. We're not there yet. I know we're not. I don't think that there's anything to hang the leather jacket on. She's mm. she gambles and drinks. Yeah. We haven't really got into her PTSD yet, but like yeah. she gambles and drinks. She's sexually available to just about anybody. But at the same time, she's got the brother that she's worried about. Yes. But and that she's taking he comes care in every once in a while. Time. She stumbles home late at night, and you never get a sense that she cares about anything, but at the same time, I don't get a sense that she's supposed to be sociopathic about her, you know, behavior. Yeah. And this is the first, this is four issues. We're just meeting this character, but there's a lot of talk about the other characters and like, my brother always does this. And like, my sister's a bitch and she does this. And everybody else in the story is doing stuff. And we never, I don't feel like we learn a lot about Dex. No, I mean, I do think she cares about her brother a lot but at the same time she he's like playing video games or something at one point and like she basically says to him i'm going out i might be late and he's like okay and she doesn't i can't i don't think she gets somebody over at that particular time to watch him but like at another time she has somebody come over and watch him but so i don't first know. time nobody would watch him second time Somebody to watch him. All right. You've got it. Okay, fine. <laughs> would you recommend this? Yeah, I would. I I really enjoyed it. Um I I think it's enjoyable and I think it's a good story. Um maybe it's not as original uh, as you pointed out, but I still really liked it. I would I have a conditional recommendation. Okay. It's my show, I can do whatever I want. Uh I would recommend it if you like the TV show. Okay. Which we're about to talk about. If you liked yes. the uh, TV pilot episode that was just on, uh, let it lead you back to comics. If you sure. already read comics, I don't, I don't know. You, you might not like it, but uh, but you uh, will see how they have to change something for a TV show. Yeah. If you don't read comics, but you like stories like this, let this be your gateway. Watch mm-hmm. the TV show and then read the comic. Yeah. If you don't care about this show, you don't read this book. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. It's not going to change your life either way. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I'll tell you one thing that the comic lacks that the TV show has in spades. What's that? 
quirk. Yeah, I know, right? No TV executive, especially on ABC, the mm-hmm. network of Pushing Daisies, has ever heard the word quirk and not just got instantly rock hard. I like know. the desk cracks in half in front of their lap. Because uh-huh. that's what we got going on here. Yeah, I know. How? Give me the pitch for the TV show. How it different? Um. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's basically the same, <laughs> except um, the the gang stuff. That's not really in there. We'll get um, to that. I guess. We'll get to there. Um. But uh, she's still hired to um solve the mystery of where the granddaughter is by uh, the lady that runs the casino. Um, she actually finds her pretty early on and then gets rear-ended by these guys um, and, like, they beat them up and then they take the granddaughter. So it's it's like she had her and then she lost her. And um, so there, there's kind of, like, twists and stuff like that. Uh, that happen. Uh, she's got a friend named Gray who's played by the new girl guy who's opening a bar and her brother also conveniently works there. Um, and uh, so there's a lot of scenes there. She meets this cop named Hoffman. And in the book, it was it was a, a lady cop in this. It's, it's, a, um, it's a guy. Uh, and... So, like, the mystery kind of unfolds uh, from there. And it's, I mean, it's definitely based on the comics, but they definitely uh, changed some stuff for TV, too. Why would you buy something being impressed by its qualities and then make it something else? I don't know. Maybe you think that Great example. It, Top of my head. Hunchback in Notre Dame. <laughs> oh, gosh. Right? Yeah. A movie about a man who, like the Joker, has <laughs> been dealt... A bad hand by society, it makes him into a literal self-absorbed incel monster. Yeah. And everybody dies or kills himself um, singing gargoyles. Like, why Why would you do that? They, they took something that was noir with hops in it. With hops in it? You like, mean like beer? Like an IPA. Okay. Yeah. Or, okay, how about a sour? What? Sure. <laughs> a sour ale noir and made it like Sweet Caroline. Yeah, I Do you know. know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. they took it, and I don't know if it's because Kobe Smulders is... Uh, when I heard that she was cast, I was like, is this going to work? How hard-boiled can she be? Yeah. Not very. And she, especially as Maria Hill, we've already seen her character. It's Maria Hill. Yeah. She's just playing Maria Hill. Right. She's just, And she's got that thing where she's like... Hmm. You know, like you can hear the eye roll. She's just yeah. sarcastic, and like I don't, know, I don't need your help. And it's just that's all it's going to be. That's pretty much what she delivers. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm the script gives her a little bit of vulnerability. They fast forward some of these uh, elements of um, the, her PTSD and the things that she's sort of dealing with. Yeah, they also, uh, like a female version of Tom Cruise, give her. A whole buffet of man meat to tear through yeah, I know. for future episodes. So I know that like it's it's one thing to do a mini series that might not get a second one. It's another thing to do a pilot episode of a show that you're gonna do 26 episodes of, right. And hopefully do a couple years of. And they set all that up. Cameron Mannheim is in this for some reason. I know. You said that um, Hoffman was the cop. I think he's just frosting. I think Cameron Mannheim is the presumably a lesbian cop friend uh, who was in the thing. They brought her over and then cast Cameron Mannheim because she's just on speed dial at ABC. Uh And, but they added um, sexy robot from, uh, (laughs) from uh, sex box, that Fox show with Carl Urban. Yeah. 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 uh, To be a little, uh, to be a snack as the kids say. Gross. That's so gross. (laughs) Well, uh, but otherwise like, yeah, it's just, it's not funny enough. And, Stumptown was funny in that you had like these hapless, you had Dill and Whale, like the hapless yes. um, cat's paws for the uh, for the d- dude, the brother of the crime syndicate. Yes, who, Oscar. Who kept showing up. Yeah. And kept like beating the crap out of Dex and we yes. didn't know who they were for. And every time they got together, it was there's going to be some mishap. And they take all of that and like condense it into that, this one scene where she's in the trunk. Mm-hmm. It's one, th- the comic starts like this. 
uh, they're getting her out of a trunk. They're by the famous bridge. She's like, yeah. we can't talk about this. It's like, talk to this. And they shoot her and we're like, hmm, okay, great opening, like a yes. Sunset Boulevardy opening. Then we find out, oh, it's fine. She's got a vest because of course she does. Yeah, both the vest, yes. Been done a lot. Restraint by ABC and maybe not doing that thing because they do that in Mission Impossible 6. Yeah, and I you know. never believe it for a second. But instead they're like, what if she goofily gets out of her trunk and then they're all fighting and they jump her crappy Fiero like over a thing and it can still drive I know. because that's important to the plot later. Yes. And the whole time Sweet Caroline is playing, they maxed out the music budget on this because they have this goofy yes. thing where the radio is always tuning to like, you're listening to 108.2 on the nose radio. O-N-O-T-N. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. K-O-T-N. I think it was like her tape Or is player. it W? Oh, okay. It's W on the West Coast, right? Okay, I don't W-O-T-N. Know. Um, Does I it matter? Was... The point is, what did it add? And then the yeah. best part is when, I don't remember what the song is, but it's something about, you know, things aren't going great for you. And they, Blue Hunt goes, well, this is a pretty good song for this, isn't it? It's like, what are you doing, show? I know, I know. And I recognized her. I was like, oh, it's it's August from Another Life. And she's playing like... This was shot years like, ago, though. Was it? I think so, yeah. Because remember, they replaced Mark Webber as bar guy. He's oh. the guy that got... Remember, he got fired and he wanted to sue them, or at least he trashed them in the press saying like, they oh, fired me because right. I'm not good looking enough. And they brought Jake Johnson in and I'm like... Let's do a side to side. <laughs> I don't know. People like Jake Johnson, but I wouldn't say he's like a Ken doll or something. Right. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. So I guess that makes sense that she's like playing somebody who's like quite a bit younger. So was the pilot shot like a long time ago and then they just brought it to series? So. You can just give somebody a haircut and put scenes together that were shot years apart, right? Well, I suppose that's true. Yeah. yeah. So I um, I don't buy it. No? No. I think that the uh, comic book uh, doesn't go deep enough and I think the TV show Take something that didn't go deep enough and then grinds the edges off for middle America and you end up with Kobe Smulders wearing a Ramones uh, t-shirt, but like yeah. one you get from Hot Topic under a $500 coat and she's right. a broke PI. Right, right. <laughs> right? I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like that and jacket should have holes in it and stuff. Not a bisexual. It hasn't come up yet, anyways. Is it going to come up? I I don't know. Is it it's going to come point. up? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Is it going to come up? It. I. I don't know if it is. It's or not, not. going to come up. Okay. Come All on. Right. All right. Because that's we're talking about ABC. That's like the buckle of the Bible Belt. There's no way. Yeah, that's disappointing. Um, Why can't um, Ansel the brother play video games? That's a really good point, too. I mean, I know he, he likes soccer. Like, we see that in later series, but he's, yeah. he loves those video games. He Every time he's on games. on the page, they're talking about a different game because Greg Rucka's kid got an Xbox or something. Well, like he was like, at one point, can I play Halo? And she's like, sure. Well, but I think the reading is, in the very first scene we see him, he's, she's like, hey, you're still up. And he's like, well, I wanted to play soccer. He means, like, FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> on That's the Xbox. What I thought. Not like not he, like physical soccer. But the first time we see him, he's in like a soccer jersey and has like knee pads on, and you're like, What what? Were you playing by yourself? What were you what were you doing? Well, he does hit the ball against the, the wall. I guess. Later on. Okay. Uh that guy's great. Um yeah. he was in something else. Uh, Cole Sebus is his name, and he was in something else. I can't remember what it is, but he is a actor with uh with Down syndrome, but he's mm -hmm. been in a, a bunch of stuff and, and he was uh, he was really good. Yeah, he was really good. Um, what else? Oh, let's talk about MS thirteen. Okay. I think they, I think they um abdicated responsibility on the MS thirteen thing. What do you mean? It's it's a hot button topic, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it is. I mean, I'm, some of them are good people, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, and sure. so instead of like trying to dive in, <clears throat> I think that you could easily be controversial but yet can't we all just get along like you could you know grind the edges off but instead right. they're like ah forget that let's just have it be the boyfriend is in league with these the kidnappers yeah and so you lose the whole element of like that's the whole finale of the miniseries that's the organized crime part yeah i know is where we get to see how smart dex is because even though she's outgunned and she doesn't really know what's going on she's Kind of, she she fails, but then uses her skills to 
salvage something from it so she has an advantage in the next situation. Yes. And she like basically like talks down this crime boss that is ready ready to kill her um, thanks to what she's got. Yes. TV Dex is scarcely a PI at all. She is like the worst I, I detective know. I've ever seen. I know. And at the end, like the Sue Ann, the lady for the casino is like, I guess you were the right choice after all. Was she? I, I know. She was only in the right place in the right time because those two guys kidnapped her and put her in her trunk randomly. Yeah. And then she right? was able to pull a gun on them and they she didn't figure out where the girl was. They told her. I, I know. And she, like at the end, like I think it's like Hoffman meets her up at the bar and like he's telling her like what a great job she did. And it's like, what did she really do to help solve And he gives this? her a card. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't paying attention, but he gives her a card and says that there's somebody that she can work for, but we don't get any yeah. idea as to who that is. No. I don't know if they... Or what capacity. They knew when they wrote the pilot. <laughs> it's just... It's like, this is a, another window we could get something through. Oh, wait. Heart, heart of Glass is coming on. Everybody shut up. <laughs> it's just like... It's like a hat store on top of a hat store, a lot of this stuff. Yeah. I mean... Oh, I, also, do you know that Portland is like famous for its cuisine and food trucks? Uh, so Dex yeah. has got a friend who only speaks in food truck lingo. Yeah. She's like, oh, your chickens are organic. He's like, oh, no, I only use free range. Hey, I don't want to get uh, Instagram to death. Right. Oh, I'm going to get death by Yelp. Give, right. me a, give me a good review online. Right. Exactly. I know. It's a little much. Um, and he tells her where this one guy is who I guess is like kind of mobby, but... And then, like, it turns out, like, she thinks she's talking to him about the kidnapping, and it turns out it's a car. I don't know what was going on with that. I don't know either. In the thing, in the in the book, she has this uh, sort of ratty GTO that you get the idea that it, it's a thing. Like, um, what's um, what's Marlo's car in uh, Long Goodbye? Does he have a nice car? I don't remember. Doesn't seem like it, but it's a thing. I don't thing. think it's, like, super great. It's a thing for these, like... PI characters, you know, yeah. they still got like this manly car, but they have to be run down and they yes. can't afford cat food. So it's like right. a crappy car. But instead they give her, I don't know, it's a Firebird or something like that. They give her something crappy, but we put the ragtop GTO in the show. So we right. can have this little moment where she wastes time being a bad detective going to the wrong place. I know. <laughs> Last I, thoughts. Um, I... I thought it was okay, but I thought oh they, my God. They, they changed some things that I was like, why did they change that? It just was like, made no sense to me. Like, they changed the granddaughter's name, and then, like, they also made it her only grandchild, where before it sounded like she had lots of grandchildren. Plus, the girl that was kidnapped was the daughter of the guy that Dex used to date. Yes. Which... I don't think that's in the comic. No, it's not in the comic at all. In fact... <laughs> She, like, solicits the girl at one point. There's this whole sort of, uh, you know, fake lesbian thing going on yes. like, between her and the sister and her, which is like, all right, we get it. She's bisexual. Right, right, right. That's eliminated by having her basically be old enough to be her daughter, could have been her daughter because right. of the boyfriend was killed or whatever. Yes. Which, is that ever going to come back? Is that important I, at all? I feel like it is. Anyway, they, they double down on Sue Ann. She's, like build in this like she's going to be a part of the show going forward yeah and i, I can't I remember can if that's that. true in the comics or not i think i don't know i mean how much can you squeeze out of that yeah yeah i know but i guess i could see her being in charge of the casino and having her have like odd jobs or things like you look into this for me i this guess person, you were the right person to call after all that's not really great for the setup is it here's but. two things that tell me you can skip this my review is skip it so i guess you'll wow. never read the comic because i told you yeah uh, two things. One, there's a joke in the comic where she's flirting with the doctor who's oh, examining yeah. her. Mm-hmm. And she has this line about like, he's got her shirt off because he's looking at her head. I don't know. How her ribs. Oh, that's right. She got the yeah, ass shot. Uh, and he's like, oh, and I've got my second best bra on or something. Just tossed off. Fine. Not a great joke. But right. we get the idea that Dex is making like a lame pickup on yes. this guy. She doesn't have a lot of game. No. But she's got the will to try. They use it in the TV show. Yes, they do. And I don't remember. Can you help me remember what it was? Um, she's, oh, she's wearing a wire. He's like, I got to patch it down. You're like, wearing a wire. And she's yeah. like, oh, and I've got my second best bra on. Yes. We stop the show for a minute 
for the guy to go, her second best bra. Guys, guys, did you hear this? She said that she had her second best bra on. She's doing a funny joke. Yeah, it was not funny at all. Putting a 10-gallon hat over your <laughs> top hat yeah. doesn't make the joke funny. No, it does not. That's the humor that you can expect in this show. Also, while we were watching it, one of those huge lower third ads came up. You know, like you get on broadcast TV, yeah. which I never see anymore because I don't watch broadcast TV. And this is why shows like this. And it was uh, a cream that can compensate the effects of menopause on skin. That's the Are target audience. Are you kidding me? That's the target audience for this show. If you are somebody who is looking for a postmenopausal skin cream, maybe check this out. Oh my gosh, but that's terrible. Not, not, no, I mean, I'm just talking about your, if you need the cream, get the cream. Oh, but okay, I'm saying all right, all right. you are probably more likely to like this. Oh. I think they took something that had the promise of character and sucked all the character out of it and substituted um, TV quirk. Yeah. Right, which is supplanted by, like, the on-the-nose music. Plus, they're at the bar at the end, and they don't even give the kid a, a root beer. They're like, here's your water. It's like, I know. thanks, show. I didn't think that you were going to get the kid with Down syndrome drunk. But give, I thought about that, too. Give him a sarsaparilla like, like, or something like that. Yeah, or give, a Shirley give a, Temple give or something. something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, here's I, your water. You said that you'd, uh, you'd, you'd watch it, right? You'd recommend it? Now, <sighs> see, now you don't. You're like, mm, not well. Full of poison. I, I don't know. I might. <laughs> I might give it another chance, but um, I'm. I guess I'm not as excited about it. Having read the, com- I like the comics more than the show. Let me put it that way. If she had just called the cops, and Cameron Manheim even says that, she's like, "Why don't you call the cops?" Right. And then at the end of the show, she gets. She basically is speeding towards where the girl is to help. And because she's speeding, a cop follows her. And now she's got like a Blues Brothers brigade of cops following her. And she brings the cops to the thing. And I'm like, if you had just picked up your cell phone and called the cops, they would have also been there to to save the girl. Right. (laughs) I know. A a completely ineffectual hero. I know. Stumptown. Yeah. And she gets Thursdays brought, brought down to the, on the ABC. to the station because of her parking tickets. I guess we gotta look for a tickets. new way out of this now. Oh, it's funny. She has parking tickets. Yeah, that's our way out. Well, they don't always. Uh, they don't always turn out to be winners. No, they don't. We'll have to keep our fingers crossed for C. Or um, the Joker movie. Boy. It's too bad. I think that Kobe Smulders deserves a show. And I do we sit here and crap on it. This is 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think this is going to do okay. I think <laughs> I, you're right. I see, does it seem like I fell off at the end there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because I think this show will. I think that it will probably get a second season, but... I think that it's just too, I think it's too, um, I think it's got too much character. Even for all the washing out they did of the character, I still think that this won't appeal to a general audience. They want to see Mark Harmon uh, capture hackers or whatever. Right. Um, And I think this has too much character. So if you're already going to alienate people too much character, why not give it all the character that it used to have? Right. I I get exactly what you're saying. Listen to me. Yeah. ABC. Maybe it'll get sent to Hulu and it'll thrive there. Maybe. And also, um, cut down on the on-the-nose music. It, it, it's not enjoyable. They can't keep that up forever. Ugh. That's got to cost a lot. Right? Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I hope that you enjoyed us crapping on. <laughs> Did we say anything good about any media on this show? Um, I liked the comic It's of a dark day. For just enough trope. Okay, we are all right. Mowing them down. I like the fact that uh, when I was typing uh, Cameron Manheim into my um, notes, when I was taking notes on the show, yeah. Autocomplete automatically made it Cameron, like the rapper. And I'm like, really? oh, I'm sorry, Autocomplete. Did I, were you, were you listening to, to Hot 97 or something like that? Did I interrupt something? <laughs> I went into Cameron. That's over so strange. Cameron. So, anyway. Yeah, weird. Um, yeah, uh, check it out at your at your own peril. Uh, yeah. <laughs> check us out on social media, Facebook and Twitter, all those great places. Uh, join our Discord. I think we've got yes. a link in our show notes still. We've been having fun talking to people on Discord uh, about this, 
you like Stumptown? Come convince us why. Or come commiserate on how bad it is. Or come for some suggestions. You guys are so smart. What is good? What right. should I check out? Go. Um, what is good? What should we check out? Um, uh, uh, the, well, like we talked about last week, Downton Abbey movie. Really good. Okay, that has nothing to do with this. Uh, we, we said before that Lazarus is good. So if yes. you want some Greg Rucka, maybe Lazarus get Lazarus. I'd have to recommend, <clears throat> I think Whiteout is pretty good. Uh, Queen and Country is, is is pretty good. I think that you should check that out too if you're looking for Greg Rucka uh, kind of stuff. Yes. As far as a female PI show, Jessica Jones. Yeah, maybe boy. first season of Jessica. At least Jones. Jessica Jones tries to lean into it a little more. Yeah. Uh, go back to the old Kate and Alley. See if you can find that on <laughs> Tubi or something like that. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, that or uh, Laverne and Shirley. Maybe? Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. No, what, I'm thinking of Cagney and Lacey. Oh, Cagney and Lacey. Yes. All right. Okay. Leave that in. That's we're honest. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and Fawcett, find us on, uh, you can do all kinds of things with us, on all the uh, platforms like Stitcher and iTunes uh, and Apple C. Oh, my gosh. And all those other places. Uh, you can subscribe to the show, rate and review us. We'd appreciate it because we need your feedback to get better and to let the computers that program things like a Richard Gere mass shooting show oh my to know that we're doing good. I'm not going to mass shoot. Are you kidding me? No. Uh, and we need to uh, reach more people. So we'd appreciate that and give us five waters because <laughs> we poisoned the well. Oh, stop. The well's full of poison. No. We need something fresh to drink. <laughs> give us five stars. We'd appreciate that. We'll be back next week. Hopefully. Going to the theater. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll make it back. Yes. From the showing of Joker to dark. It's really dark. It's you got to turn it dark. around. Say something fun. Um, uh, Feliz Navidad. I don't know. Um, what? <laughs> what was the first thing that came to my head? Was the song Feliz Navidad. Um, that should have come onto the radio. Yeah. It will. It will. <laughs> don't worry. Wait for the Christmas episode. Yeah, right? Her taco truck friend will have a problem. Oh, my gosh. That she's got to fix. Yes. And at the end, she'll be like, well, thanks for the tacos. And he's like, ah, Donata. And like, please, Navidad. And he's like, are you screwing with me? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. <laughs> <laughs>